0: Hi and welcome back to Mingus on Tech. I'm Ken Mingus, Executive Editor at Computer World. I'm here with Mr. Android, J.R. Raphael. We're going to talk about Android Pie, a big piece of the pie today, so stick around. Okay, so JR, finally, we know that Android P stands for pie. I'm st- we do. I do. I was still hoping for praline, I have to admit, or maybe peanut butter, but I, I guess pie is sort of a sweet, so that's okay.
1: Yeah, it's a little weird they didn't go with a specific kind of pie. It just it seems very... Abrupt, very short compared to the usual, but it's a lot easier to type, you know, than like ice cream sandwich or some of these other really long ones we've had where we've kind of gone to acronyms before. So, well, you it, know,
0: it certainly helps when doing headlines. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what I wanted to find out um, now that Pi is out, and I, I realize, you know, it, it'll arrive first for Google devices and will show up at some point on a variety of other. You know, manufacture uh, manufacturers phones sometime in the next few months. But I wanted to get a sense from you what the the, the three big takeaways are that Android users should know as they're either getting Pie or waiting for Pie. So, uh, I mean, you've written about this pretty extensively over the last few months, but uh, it seems like one of the most obvious things that are going to be noticeable, or changes to the UI and navigation in, in Android Pie. So what are people going to see? What do people need to know, users need to know, uh, as they're waiting for this?
1: Well, the first thing is that it's probably, if you have a, a device that's going to get an upgrade, as opposed to buying a new device you know, later this fall, it's probably not going to even impact you right away. They're, and what I think is a pretty smart move, disabling it by default. So if you just get an upgrade, you're not gonna suddenly find your phone with a wildly different, you know, navigation system and different buttons at the bottom and, and trying to figure out what's going on. If you get the, when, when you get the upgrade, if you want, you can go into your settings and enable it, but, Things aren't just going to change wildly on you out of the blue. That being said, moving forward, it does sound like Google is going to push at least on its own devices to start making this the default, you know, for new phones coming out later in the fall and beyond. But it's, it's a pretty substantial change. Really, the last time we saw a change of this level kind of at the foundation with the way you get around your phone was way back in gingerbread. I, I want to say it was 2010, somewhere around there. It's been quite a while when, when Google got rid of the there used to be a physical menu button that was always present and, and right. they phased that out way back then. And even then we saw it, it took the rest of the Android ecosystem a while. Samsung didn't get around to doing to coming around to that change for like four more years and only then because Google eventually forced its hand. So even, you know, the next Samsung phone that comes out this fall may not ship with this. The next HTC phone or Motorola phone or whatever may or may not. Time will tell. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a big change because it's, it's, it's the very way you get around your phone. You know, normally Android has always had the back home and the overview or recent apps key to, you know, switch between recently used apps. And now instead, what you're getting is just a single for lack of a better word, a little pill, kind of like an elongated home button uh, that does a lot of different stuff. And then a back button that pops up contextually as it's needed. It's actually there a lot of the time, but it's just a little back button that appears when you're in an app. So the home button, it's not that far removed from what Apple did with the iPhone X iPhone 10 you can of course, tap it to go home. You swipe up on it to get to a new overview screen that shows your recently used apps. And then you can swipe up on it a second time from anywhere to get to your full app drawer, something that used to be accessible only from the home screen. And there's some other little gestures built in. Uh, like usual, you can long press it to get to Google Assistant. You can swipe it to the left now to just quickly toggle among recently used apps. And you can flick it to the right to kind of snap back and forth between them. So there's a lot going on. It'll take a little getting used to, and it's a little bit of a shock to the system at first. But, you know, it's a it's a change that's clearly not just Google. We've seen Apple do similar things. And having used it for a while, I've pretty much gotten used to it. I In the beginning, and especially with when it came out in the first public Android beta, it was a lot less polished and trickier to get used to. I, I'd say the way it is now, once you get used to it, you'll be fine. I do still worry about the less tech-savvy users. If you picture somebody who just doesn't pay attention to technology, wants their stuff to work, they're used to it working one way. It's gonna change we may see a little bit. It's gonna
0: change. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to ask because it does strike me as being a little unusual that Google would sort of have this turned off by default. I mean obviously given the fact that there are some some serious changes in how you navigate through you know the home screen or through apps. I remember last year when I got my iPhone 10 and obviously how you know the the navigation around the screen without a home button was very different and it there is a learning curve you know it does take uh, a few days again depending on how tech savvy you are to get used to it. Uh, I certainly have found since then that I'm faster navigating through apps and through home screen and, you know, moving around the the operating through iOS uh, 11 and 12 coming. Um, but it took it takes a while. So it's interesting that Google sort of recognizes that and isn't going to sort of foist it on everybody all at once. And people can, can you turn on parts of the UI changes or is it sort of an on-off, you know, you're either in the old, old way of navigating or the new way of navigating?
1: It's basically an on-off switch. Okay. And, you know, I, I think we'll see as time goes on, if they implement better systems for discovering it. I think as it stands right now, most just we'll say normal people, people who don't follow tech news closely, they're probably not even going to know it exists because unless you go digging around a menu, you're not going to find it. It's kind of there and you can check it out. But if you don't turn it on, at least on the phones that have been upgraded so far, there's not a super obvious cue pointing you to it. Um, But yeah, you flip it on and that, you know, changes the three buttons to the one and then it also includes the new what Android calls the overview screen. What's interesting is that overview screen, you're basically going to get either way. Uh, even if you stick with the old three button setup, when you hit that button on the far right, it's a square shaped button called overview. Yep. You pretty much get the same overview interface. Something. I mean, things work a little differently. You're not going to have the gestures, but it's visually the same as the new one. So it's, it is on or off, but parts of it kind of bleed over into the off, I guess you could say, mode, <laughs> the default setup.
0: Well, how do you find, okay, so you, you you say you've been using this for a while. Do you find that the the changes that they've made are logical and make sense, and you find yourself able to move, move through the operating system and through apps faster than before? Is it an improvement, do you think?
1: I think it is. I think there's still some things that could be improved, for sure. Um, I think there's a lot going on in one button, and maybe that's just sort of an inherent inherent part of this. again, in terms of like sort of the education and getting used to it, I think it's a lot to wrap your head around at first that, okay, I can press and hold this to get to Assistant. I press it to get to the home screen. I swipe up once to get to this, twice to get to this, this way, you know, there's a lot to wrap your head around. Um, The whole back button thing is a hot issue among Android enthusiasts because, (laughs) you know, we went, the back button's long been an Android. it it serves as function. It's a little ambiguous sometimes what it does. There's a lot of debate about how it should work. And in some apps, it works differently. Developers aren't always consistent. But with this new system, think you're going gesture you go all in gesture but then you know you open up say chrome or your whatever browser you're using and the back button appears seems like if you're going to go all gesture why not just swipe that way, you know, to the left and you could go back. And maybe that's something they're going to sort of, they're trying to warm people up to. They don't want to go all, all in at once. Maybe eventually we'll get there. That The presence of the back button seems a little weird at times. And then it also makes it to where you still have this bottom bar on the screen that takes up uh, real estate, which isn't a big deal. But if you're going to all gesture navigation, it kind of raises the question of, well, why didn't we just get rid of that bar and, you know, have the Gestures do everything or or make that at least an option to start with. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves over time I mean, we're probably only at kind of step one, you know
0: yeah, it's interesting because Apple tends to do the same thing. They sort of edge into some changes or, uh, you know, rather than doing something wholesale for the whole operating system, you'll see it show up in some apps first, and then gradually they move it out as people become more comfortable with it. You know, uh, same thing. it was the same thing they did with, like, Touch ID or Face ID. You, you have to get used to a whole new way of doing things, but then once you get used to it, once, you, as you say, your, your brain gets wrapped around the new gestures or the new features, um, things do tend to, if they're designed correctly, um, you know, move more smoothly. Uh, okay. So number two, you know, one of the things you've pointed out is that there's a lot more AI sort of underpinning in the, uh, in, in Pi. And, and so what kinds of things are, are going on there? Is it something that users will see or is it
1: sort of like hidden underneath, uh, you know, the layer of what everybody is, is used to seeing? It's something people will see. now. That being said, there's there's an asterisk to it. It's, it's half there now and half of it is coming later this fall. So they kind of okay. put the foundation in place and then they're going to activate it a bit later. But there are two main parts and they're both kind of, they both fall along the same lines of this predictive contextual sort of intelligence. So the first, um, I think Google's officially calling it app actions, where when you open up your app drawer, the main list of all the apps on your phone, there's a new row at the top of these little cards that are basically predicting specific actions within apps that you're likely to do based on, you know any number of variables, what time it is, what day it is, potentially even where you are. I don't know for a fact, but it, it makes sense that it would include location if you have, you know, location services enabled. So for instance, at, you know, maybe in the mid part of the afternoon on a Tuesday, mine might show up for the computer world Slack channel because yep. at that time of day, I'm often, you know, opening that up. Maybe in the evening it has a, a little card about texting my wife or, you know, opening up uh, our, the Nest app in my house, a specific camera. Maybe I look in my kid's room's camera at a certain time of morning or afternoon when they're napping, something like that. Uh, so it, it it depends on developers implementing support, but a lot more things have come on board since the early, in the early betas, you know, it was, you see a couple of Google apps because no one had really... Updated right. their apps for it yet. Now you're seeing a lot more. I'll see Nest, I'll see Slack, you know, those specific examples do show up on my phone. And so I think as more developers get on board, it has the potential at least to, to become useful. Um, and the second part of that that I mentioned is something called slices. That one, again, sounds like potentially very useful. We've yet to see it in action, but the idea is that bits of apps will show up in different places on your phone. So if I just tap the search bar search button, whatever I have on my device, and search for something involving transportation or lift or ride home. This is the example Google keeps using uh, to show it off. It will see where I am, automatically show me right then and there. You know, the nearest driver is three minutes away. Tap here to order a ride home. Tap here to order a ride to work. And I never actually have to open the app. Pits, uh, pieces of it and functions of it are just available right there. And Google has said it'll show up there in the search process first, but that it may well come to other parts of the phone eventually. So it sounds like this could be pretty significant over time that is kind of the beginning of breaking apart apps where the days of always having to go into an app, look through the menus, find what you want, maybe let's say coming to an end, but you'll become less reliant on that model and it may become more of just what you need shows up where you need it regardless of what you open. Again, yeah. in theory, we'll see how well it works and how many developers get on board and, and implement support for it. But it sounds like it could be pretty useful.
0: Yeah, I you know, I've noticed that sort of blurring of the, the you know, app to app to app. Um, way of doing things on the Apple side too and it's a sort of thing where if you're texting someone and you put in a date or something then the, you, you can quickly get into your calendar from like the messaging app rather than having to close the messaging app open the calendar app. Same thing uh, you know I noticed that uh, with Apple CarPlay when I get in the car in the afternoon it's already showing me my ride home how you know how traffic is doing and it's that sort of predictive. I don't know if it's as much AI as maybe machine learning or some combination thereof of the two but it does tend to make the your, your device uh, more useful to you in real time, rather than having you sort of scrounge around trying to find different apps, you know, app, 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 rather than having this sort of blended view of everything. So, uh, uh, oh, yeah, I, I do think we're early days on that. We'll see how how well the predictive stuff works. If it's really as predictive as we would like like it to be, you know. Um, but it's good to see that 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 pie has got that uh, uh, coming up. Um,
1: yeah, the, I mean, the, go ahead. I was just gonna say the funny thing is Google. Started doing stuff like that a lot uh, several years back with something called Google now and was really ahead of its time with it It was a great service where to the right of your home screen you have all these predictive cards and then You know, whatever happened happened internally teams shifted this and that and it kind of got pushed back and that is now just sort of like a glorified newsfeed and I, ironically, now they're coming back around and rebuilding that into Google Assistant. Where just recently they've they've launched a new similar kind of feature where you'll get these predictive cards. But it's nice to see that that's bleeding out of just there and coming into more parts of the system. I mean, I, I think with Apple and Android both, it seems the operating system is becoming less of of a static sort of thing and becoming this dynamic, contextual beast that that shifts and gives you what you need at any given moment. Again, in theory, it doesn't always work as well as you'd like. But but like you said, early days, and uh, and and this stuff has a Promise to develop in a pretty, pretty interesting and useful way. Yeah, I'm looking forward
0: to it on both counts. Uh, and then finally, the, the number big, the number three big takeaway is uh, looking at uh, upgrades, how upgrades are handled in Android in general, uh, in particular with Pi. You, you know, you've been writing about a uh, project Treble. Um, so what's going on? You know, I, I realize this isn't specifically Pi, but it's, you know, it's kind of evolving and emerging at the same time that Pi is arriving. And, and this seems to be a, a fairly concerted effort by Google to, you know, improve how updates are rolled out, wide, you know, large scale. So what, what, what's going on there? What are you seeing there that you think might make a difference?
1: Well, it's a huge effort and and it's very much something an average person is never going to notice explicitly. It's all behind the scenes, under the hood. It did start last year with Oreo, with Android O. uh, But at that point, it was really just a theoretical thing because there weren't any Android Oreo devices out in the wild when Oreo was announced, obviously. And so, you know, we couldn't really see the effect of it. And on top of that, Google had kind of started the foundation but hadn't really finished the system. So what we saw in Pi is they finished creating the system uh, so it's kind I mean, it is tied to Pi in a way. It's not, you know, a Pi-specific feature, but they finished building it out with Pi. And now with Pi, there are devices out there. All the devices that shipped with Android Oreo are basically primed to, uh, to support this. So the best way to think of it is kind of like a, a new foundation for Android, whereas everything used to be one big mix. All the elements of the operating system, all the code were just m- mixed in together. Now what Google has done is separated out the hardware-specific parts of it, so what they call the lower-level bits of code, the, the things that uh, deal with drivers and, you know, device specific stuff with like your CPU on your, your phone, things like that, instead of having to be mixed into the code, every time a new update comes along, they exist as a lower layer, a foundation and that layer can then just stay constant. So if you're say Samsung or HTC, when a new Android release comes out, it used to be you would have to go to Qualcomm or whoever made your uh, your CPU and your, your modem and all the different elements, and they would have to take the new release and update it for all their drivers and, and hardware-specific code, and then they'd give it back to you, the manufacturer. Then you could start your process. So, you know, before the Samsungs and HTCs and Motorola's of the world even would get it, they'd have to rely on these other companies to do their part first. Yep. Treble makes that foundation to where... That part's already done. It doesn't have to be updated every time. It's a separate layer. It doesn't intermingle with the rest of it anymore. So it basically just cuts out one piece of the puzzle. And when I talk to uh, Google's Treble architect, one of the lead engineers on the project, he said that that should cut out about three months, a quarter of the year of the pro- of the time it t- would take to process an upgrade. And that's a substantial amount of time, and when yeah. you,
0: you know, I mean, I know the big issue with Android has been fragmentation and the slow rollouts and et-, et cetera, et cetera. But if you can if you can find a way to streamline things and rationalize how this works, and save you know these these hardware manufacturers three months time. I would have to believe that's going to make a, a noticeable improvement. Again, they, people may not notice it right away, but over the next few years, uh, speeding up upgrades. You know, I'm a big fan of getting upgrades as quickly as possible because better security, you know, more features, whatever. Um, I would think that's going to, you know, that will make a difference.
1: It seems like it should. And the important thing to remember is that it's still all relative. It's not a, a right. magic wand fix. Uh, so I was looking back at last year's data and last year with Oreo, Samsung, with its what was then its current flagship, the Galaxy S8, took uh, about seven months to get Oreo out which is pretty bad. I mean yeah. that was you know it had been kind of on that trend of getting worse and worse every year for a while. So if we apply that formula that we're cutting out 3 months of the process then by that logic Samsung should take 4 months to get it out. So it's not going to be a day one upgrade. You know, we're not going to see everybody rolling out releases the day it's announced like Google does. But, you know, 7 months to 4 months is is not in, is, is not as significant and and then you look at say like HTC took just over 3 months last year. So all things equal which they may or may not be, but if all things are equal, everything's the same. Then HTC should, in theory, be able to get that out within a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and we did see this year Essential, which is a really small company, uh, total like niche level player. Uh, it, it's interesting because it's operated by the guy who founded Android, Andy Rubin, who left Google some time ago. Uh, but they got the update out day one, same as Google, and that gets at a key difference here is that Essential doesn't really do much to mess with the software. They ship basically Google's version of the operating system. Yeah. So, you know, they have their foundational layer in place. They get the new code. They can pretty quickly implement it, send it out. Whereas Samsung or LG or any number of other companies do a lot of stuff to it. That The Android you get on those devices doesn't look like the Android you get on a Pixel phone. So they still have to do those higher level changes, the interface changes and Adding in their own custom features and whatever else they're going to do, that takes time. And then, I think we can safely say there's probably a differing level of resources and and maybe motivation from one company to another. Those factors are still out there. So well, you,
0: you do have the natural tension between you know smartphone makers who would rather you buy a new phone than to send you uh, you know an update and, and keep you on the old phone. They want to you know there is that natural tension. But I right. uh, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I was just oh, agreeing. That's, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I was just going to say I, I wonder if at some point um, if we start seeing movement among uh, Android users toward either Google devices or maybe essential devices, if there's something in the market that shows that people want these updates sooner rather than later, if that might not spur you know, the HTCs and Samsungs and, and others to, to move faster, especially now that the foundation is in place with Treble that will allow them to do so. You know? Google's done the hard work. It's got the foundation there. Now it's up to them.
1: Yeah. And I think part of Google's idea with the Pixel program, you know, it had Nexus phones for a long time, but they were kind of more enthusiast oriented and developer targeted. Pixel, and we're at, this will be year three of the Pixel program. uh, It's the first time it's really doing a hard consumer enterprise kind of public push to get its devices out there. And I think that's a big part of the goal uh, to show that you can have, in addition to, you know, having pretty solid hardware with, you know, a great camera, you can also get regular updates. And as I've said, you know, in a lot of articles before, it's more than just the features and the interface stuff, because even the operating system updates tend to contain a pretty significant amount of, of foundational improvements, security enhancements, performance enhancements. You know, you do have the month to month security updates of those two, some manufacturers are better than others about doing them timely and consistently. Right. But, <laughs> I mean, the OS updates themselves have a portion of that, too. And, uh, you know, we, we have a pretty in-depth article about some of the Android security changes on computerworld.com now that, that go into it. And it's not the kind of flashy headline making things like the gesture navigation and the, the cool stuff that you notice right away. But once you start reading, you say, oh, yeah, this might be important to have on my phone before, you know, a year and a half passes or, or what have you. So, so well, it's it's all relative.
0: I was just going to say. So, all in all, it sounds like Pi is a, a substantial upgrade. It doesn't completely and radically change everything, but obviously one that uh, that users will want when that, when it's available.
1: Oh, absolutely! That's a fair the, the, yeah, yeah. The more you use it, read about, it, and learn about, to be a little. Uh, Honey, here are all its layers but I'm of the pie. Uh, 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 yes. You'll be here the all week, ladies there. and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. It, you, when it first came out, or when we first saw the early signs of it with the, the first beta and developer previews, it looked like it was a little more subdued. And then we started to see all these pieces come together of it's not just that – under the hood stuff, the security stuff and the performance stuff, but also these pretty substantial interface changes. And of course, all the uh, treble stuff, which which introduces a, a pretty interesting new element that hopefully we'll see over time. I mean, like we said, it's not gonna be a magic wand fix, but seven months to four months is still something. You know, If you want a Samsung phone and you like having a Samsung phone, being able to get that OS update three months sooner, if it does work out like that, uh, you know, that's that's nothing uh, nothing to write off entirely.
0: Theoretically, coming to a device near you, maybe, sometime soon. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully okay. sooner than later. Hopefully sooner than, well, at least three months sooner. Um, okay, JR, that's great. Listen, I, I really appreciate it. That gives me a really good uh, you know, foundation, as it were, for what, what's coming in Pi. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff here that people will, as they start rooting around in the operating system, find on their own. But at least I know what the, the you know, the, the top three headlines are. So um, thanks so much for taking time to talk fill me in
1: yeah thanks for having me always a pleasure
0: okay for now for android pie that's a wrap